Good morning. I'm John Cook, and I want to welcome you to this, our continuing study on just a thought on the book of Revelation. We're in Revelation chapter 13 today. This is part seven of our continuing series on Revelation, and uh, we trust that it's a blessing to you and will be a help to you. So, if you will, even though the scriptures are going to show on the screen, it's better for you to get your Bible out and let the Word of God speak to your heart. Because you see, it's what God says, not what man says that's important. Now, it's our whole desire to simply teach the Scripture. We're doing this through our YouTube channel. We're doing it also on Facebook and through our podcast. So I hope you'll take the opportunity right now to click the subscribe button and that little bell there, and it'll notify you when we're online. And uh, I try to do these at least once a week, and uh, I'd like to do it more often, but sometimes it just is not possible for me to do that. But uh, for today, please uh, take your take your Bible, and let's uh, get right into what the Word of God says. So, in Revelation chapter 13, verses 15 through 18, let me get my Bible here. Revelation chapter 13, it's interesting that it's Revelation chapter 13, because 13 is the number of rebellion, and this is talking all about the Antichrist, the false prophet, and what he is seeking to do, what he wants to do, and what he's going to do during the tribulation period. And it's in total rebellion against God. So we've covered the first part of this chapter, and now we're coming to the end of the chapter. So today we want to look at verse 15 down through verse 18. So take your Bible, and right now, Well, I hit it too quick. Sorry about that. So we need to look at, or what we're going to look at, is the image that must be worshipped during this time and how the Antichrist and the false prophet are going to require this of people. And what men will have to do is take a mark, and we're going to look at that mark today. We're going to see the consequences of failure to take that mark. But we're also going to see the consequences of acceptance of that mark. Just at least briefly, we're going to see that. So look at Revelation chapter 13 and verse 15. Now I can see that it's on the screen, but I want you to look at your Bible. So Revelation chapter 13 and verse 15 says, And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, and that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand 
or in their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of man, and his number is six hundred, threescore, and six. So let's start with verse 15. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. So notice, he had power to do something that seems like an impossibility and is unless God allows it. And that is to give life to the image of the beast. He's going to cause, or God's going to allow the Antichrist, the beast, and his prophet to give life to a graven image, to an inanimate object. Now, why would God do that? Well, you see, we've seen before in our studies on Revelation 13 that if you want to be deceived, God will allow you to be deceived. If you don't want to hear what God has to say, then God will see to it that you don't hear what God has to say. It's that simple. And so God is allowing this to happen so that the inhabitants of this earth, the inhabitants of this earth, the ones who choose this world over God, so that they will, in fact, be deceived. Because when he gives life to this graven image, men are going to stand amazed. And it's going to cause men to worship him even more so than before. It says that the image should both speak. Now, not only is he going to speak, but cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast, that they should be killed. So that image is going to be allowed to come to life. And having come to life, that image will cause men to be put to death. The devil will kill men. He desires to kill men. He's used others to do it. Nebuchadnezzar, is one that we read about who literally did the same thing or virtually the same thing. Because if you go to Daniel chapter 3 and verse 6, I'm having trouble with my notes here. Daniel chapter 3 and verse 6 says, Whoso falleth down and worshipeth shall the same hour be cast into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. He says again, now if any now if ye be ready at that at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, 
psaltery and dulcimer, and all kinds of music. Ye fall down and worship the image which I have made. Well, but if ye worship not, ye shall be cast the same hour into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? Now here's the picture. Daniel, or Nebuchadnezzar, builds an image, a golden image. Then he did this, then he dictates to all the inhabitants of his land that they are to bow down and worship this image. So the first time the music is played, somebody said in a rock concert, and it's possible it could be a rock concert, that the first time the music's played, men bowed down and worshipped. But there were three men who did not. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the three Hebrew children. And they were accused before Nebuchadnezzar that they didn't worship his gods. They didn't obey his dictates. And so Nebuchadnezzar calls them back, calls them before him and says, now look, you've got a second chance here. When you hear the music play, when you hear the rock concert start, then fall down and worship the image. And you're going to, you, you'll live. But if you don't worship my image, then he said, I'm going to cast you the same hour into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And then he makes this foolish statement. Notice, and who is the God? That shall deliver you out of my hands. Nebuchadnezzar had a pretty big view of himself. Nebuchadnezzar thought a lot of himself. He's like the devil. The devil thinks a lot of himself, and he thinks he's on the, he's on the winning side. Well, the three Hebrew children didn't bow down, if you know the story. And when they didn't bow down, then Nebuchadnezzar was totally lost it. I mean, he went into a fit and absolutely demanded that they be cast into the fire and that the furnace be heated seven times hotter than it was. So they heated it up. And his strongest soldiers cast those three Hebrew children into the fire. And those soldiers died doing it. The three Hebrew children, he looks in to see what's happening. And the three Hebrew children are walking around with a fourth man. And he says, didn't we put three men into the fire? That's a foolish question. Of course you put three men into the fire. Then he said, who's this fourth one? He said, it looks like the Son of God. You see, God appeared. He answered what Nebuchadnezzar asked. Who is that God that shall deliver you? Well, God showed him who is that God. He's the God who can 
preserve his children in the midst of the fire. Notice, he didn't prevent the three Hebrew children from being cast into the midst of the fire. He simply went into the fire with them, and he took care of them. And when they came out of the fire, as commanded by Nebuchadnezzar, those three Hebrew children didn't even have the smell of smoke on them. They weren't singed. Nothing had happened to them. Somebody wrote a song about them, said, where's that fourth man? Say, well, he's still in the fire. He's waiting for us. When we're put into the greatest difficulty, when it's going to cost us for serving Jesus, well, he's still in the fire. He's just, he's there. And that's the tremendous privilege we have as Christians to know that he's right there with us. That's, we serve the God who can deliver out of the hands of man. That's why God said, don't fear man. All he can do is hurt your body. But fear God who can cast both body and soul into hell fire. That's why we should serve God. Because God is the great preserver. He's our salvation. He is our salvation. He not only gave us salvation, he is our salvation. Salvation is a person, the Lord Jesus Christ. And there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Well, that brings us then to the next. He causeth. The one who gives the, the power to the image to speak and causes men to be put to death. He causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. So, this image is doing a lot of damage, to put it mildly. It says, he causeth all, all, small, great, rich, poor, free, bond. He causeth all. Doesn't matter what rank you are in this world. The devil's got your number. And he causes all to receive this mark. Now, it's a federal offense not to take the mark. You know, for a while, and I'm not sure it's over yet, but for a while, all this business about the coronavirus and taking the, the um, vaccine for the coronavirus. For a while there, they were talking about that we were going to have to have passports that showed that we had taken the vaccine. Now, they may still do it, and I wouldn't put it past the government to do it. And some say, well, men wouldn't put up with that. Yes, they will. They put up with the mask. If you know the Bible, you know that the ones who wear the mask are the infected ones. 
The ones who are quarantined are the infected ones, not the healthy. But then this world doesn't believe the Bible. But I'm here to tell you that the Bible's true. And that what God says is true. And if we have the common sense to listen to what God says in his word, we stop a lot of this foolishness. So he re- they have to receive this mark. It's federal offense not to receive it in his kingdom. In their right hand or in their foreheads. So they have to receive this mark. Now, it's not difficult to believe that men will receive this mark. After all, look at the mask today. Look how compliant people are. I mean, you're driving down the road, and here's somebody driving beside you. They're all alone in the car, and they got a mask on. Why? Because the government says so. So it's not difficult to believe that men will take this mark. I couldn't have believed it. I mean, I, I as a child growing up, I heard all this preached because my daddy was a preacher. I have a great heritage. Not only was he a preacher, he was a great teacher of the Word of God. Well, I heard all this when I was growing up and it seemed to me like, how could that happen? But I've lived long enough to see my country locked down by our government, no less. And men complying with it, giving into it, just like they're going to take that mark in that day. What's the purpose of this mark? Well, Satan's a counterfeiter. He counterfeits what God does. He doesn't come up with an original idea. Except, the, except sinning against God. Revelation chapter 7 and verse 4 says, tells us about a group of people who are going to have a mark. But this mark comes from God. It says, I heard the number of them which were sealed, and there were sealed in hundred and forty and four thousand of all the tribes of the children of Israel. Now notice, it's the tribes of Israel. It's not Gentiles. It's not Americans, unless you're, unless you're a Jew of the tribes of Israel. Well, He looked, and lo, and a lamb stood on the Mount Zion. This is verse chapter 14 and verse 1. This tells us something more about them. And stood on the Mount Zion, and with him an hundred and forty and four thousand, having his father's name written in their foreheads. Now notice, it's written, the fa- his father's name, written, in their foreheads. So what is Satan going to do? Well, Satan's going to see to it that they have a mark. 
no man might buy or sell, save he that had that, the mark, or the number of the beast, or the number of his name. So they're going to have to take this mark. It's not optional. It's required. It's dictated. Well, there's one thing for certain. No man that takes this mark, or no man who refuses this mark, will be able to buy or sell. Nobody. So you're not going to get rich in the tribulation period unless you determine to take this mark. That no man might buy or sell. So the Antichrist is going to have the power to say who and who cannot purchase, who and who, who cannot work. Now again, I couldn't imagine this as a child. But today we see it. We see businesses closed simply because the government demanded it. You know, I'm amazed. I'm amazed. I know that as a child, or even in my early years, as in my 20s, I, can, I cannot imagine that my daddy and my forefathers would have put up with the government demanding that the country closed down, businesses closed down. So it's not hard for me to believe that the Antichrist is going to do the same thing and men will comply. He's going to require them to have, that they must have the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. It's required. They're going to have to take this mark. Well, what is the mark? Well, the scripture says, here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred threescore and six. Here's wisdom. God is about to reveal something to man. God wants us to know what this mark is. So God says, let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast. Now notice a number. And he says, for it is the number of a man. So it is the number of a man. This is very specific. This is very specific. They tie together. So God says his number is 600, three score, and six. So what we have then is the number six 
666. That number is first mentioned in 2 Chronicles chapter 9 and verse 13. The weight of the gold that came to Solomon in one year was 603 score and six talents of gold. There's some connection here. I'm not sure what it is, but there is a connection. So it's interesting for us to note that we live in a day when numbers mean more than names. I mean, this has been going on for a long time. I can remember when, hang on, I can remember when this came out called a debit card. And the number is how you accessed your finances, not your name. And you know, you go into businesses today and they say, take a number. We're not even a name to them. We're just a number. Some people described it like we're just cattle going, being put through the pen. Well, I know this. Numbers are really important to men today. And that number is going to be really important then if you want to live. in the tribulation period, because otherwise they're going to kill you for it. You won't be able to buy or sell. You'll either starve to death or they'll chop your head off. You say that's foolishness. Why do you think it's foolishness? We're already being told what we can and cannot do without a mask. If we would kowtow to the government in that, how much more will men in that day kowtow to that government? And imagine if, a, if an image was made to speak, an inanimate object was made to speak, how men would be astonished, shocked, and stand in awe. But here's the deal. Take the mark, and you're in a hopeless condition in that day. Revelation 14 and verse 11 says, The smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever, and they have no rest day nor night, who worship the beast and his image, and whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. So if you take that mark, you're without hope. Your ending, your ending is right here, torment. How long? Forever. And ever. So what do we do to conclude? 
Well, the first thing we conclude is this. The image that's going to be worshipped, and it must be worshipped, that he's going to have the power, the Antichrist, the false prophet, is going to have the power to give life to that image. And he's going to require that you worship him. More than that, he's going to require that you take the mark of the beast. And that mark is a number, is the number of a man. So that tells you that the Antichrist is a man. What's the consequences? If you refuse death, you can't buy or sell, so you'll either starve to death, or he'll cause that you be killed. It'll just top off your head. Just like the Muslims are doing to Christians today in some lands. But what's the consequence if you accept the mark. The consequence is, oh, you get to live in the tribulation under the Antichrist, but you go to hell fire forever if you take that mark. So whatever you do, whatever you do, don't take that mark. Because there is, that puts you in a hopeless condition. Now, we're not talking about during the period of time we're living in. We're talking about the time that is ahead of us. And it's, I think, closer today than it's ever been. In fact, I know it's closer today than it's ever been. Because we now live in a world that's gone nuts. And is crying out for a one world government. We want no borders. People want no borders. My country is being invaded. And all we hear from our government is, well, we got to fix the immigration laws. Why don't we just enforce what we've got? Because we can't do that. Because we're headed for a one world government. One that I've heard about since I was a child. And people say, well, I've heard about this all my life. Where is the promise? Well, the promise is exactly where it's always been. With God. God keeps his word. And you better believe it. So what's the hope? The hope is get saved and don't go into that period of time. And if you do end up in that period of time, Whatever you do, don't take that mark. And don't worship that image. And don't worship the beast. Because God will hold you accountable. Let me say to you today, get saved today. That when Jesus comes and receives his own unto himself, that you leave and you're not left here. For that tribulation period. Well. Thank you for tuning in today.
And I hope you'll tune in in our next broadcast. Till then, God bless you.